If you are ready to change the way people experience the transition to parenthood, you've come to the right place. On this podcast, we interview postpartum professionals, academics and researchers, as well as parents with unique perspectives on postpartum. Whether you've been working with new families for decades or are brand new to postpartum care, we'd love you to join us. I'm your host, Julia Jones. Hello and welcome to Newborn Mothers Podcast and today we're talking to a very old friend of mine, Nisha. Uh, Nisha Gill is a, I don't know what you'd call it, a healer, I suppose. And Nisha, I'll let you introduce yourselves better. <laughs> um, but she works with couples around um, trauma healing uh, in Melbourne and also a little bit online. And Nisha, we first met, I think, through the uh, Australian Doulas Network and, and also you've done my course and we also met in real life at, at the conference last year, which was really lovely too. So um, it's great to finally have you on the podcast and to finally learn a little bit more about what you do. Nisha, do you want to introduce yourself in your own words? Uh, thanks so much, Julia. Yes, it is good to finally be here and um, to just have a little bit of a wider reach um, through your <laughs> networks. Um, yeah, so I work at the intersection of birth, body work, trauma and sexuality, which is pretty broad. However, I do have pockets of niches within that. <laughs> um, and no, I don't call myself a healer. I actually have quite an aversion to that word. And, do um, you? That's good to I know. Do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think people, um, you know, heal themselves when they're ready and we're just facilitators, just facilitators. <laughs> yeah, um, I love that. Yeah, so I also run uh, with a couple of um, home birth midwives a uh, monthly perinatal circle for pregnant and postpartum women with babies in arms, uh, which is a really beautiful, rich space that's um, here in Melbourne. Um, I really take a whole family approach because I feel that... Um, um, parents and children completely entwined in that space in their homes and um, if um, you know one person in the family's not feeling well or happy it's bound to impact on the whole family and particularly um, you know sensitive young babies so um, sometimes it's the um, birthing partner that may be impacted or needing some extra support uh, rather than mum herself. Um, it just depends on, um, you know, each family and how they're situated. Yeah, and so prenatally what I, uh, I guess my source is to uh, prepare couples with a felt sense of confidence for birth through body work, through touch-based uh, touch um, nervous system regulation, I um, uh, share practice called Primal Mama, which is embodied birth education, and um, it's quite a unique sort of um, practice that I've created through a variety of paths, which I can um, mention later if the, the opportunity comes up, but um, also tailor couples' birth education, which may include teaching partners, uh, facilitators, stretches like spinning babies and mm. other sorts of body work, intravaginal, perineal massage, things like that. And very occasionally for the right clients, I also work as a doula in birth. 
Um, my focus has been shifting more and more postnatally because my work in trauma has uh, become more prominent in the last couple of years, I guess. And my um, focus there is to help with rec uh, recovery physically, psycho-emotionally, energetically, and just to help the family become more resilient over time. And I guess mm. what I mean by resilient is more of a, a nervous system that's calm and settled, um, not so much, you know, like uh, people talk about resilience, but for me that's kind of the definition where we can return to some kind of balance without too many extra sort of supports, um, you know, just our, our bodies being able to bounce back, I guess, is the word I'm thinking of. So I also address uh, pelvic issues such as prolapse and abdominal muscle separation, scar tissue, and um, offer birth de debrief um, to help with some kind of closure around that huge journey um, through birth, um, sometimes offer the closing of the bones ritual for um, mummers who are wanting that. And sadly, too often these days I um, uh, support families through birth trauma. Um, and, yeah, so that's a, quite a variety of things I do. Sometimes I feel um, too many choices for my clients, but really... Um, more and more, as I said, my work is focusing on birth trauma. Yes, well, because it's such a need at the moment, isn't there? With one in three mothers reporting a, a traumatic birth experience, there's just so many women there who do need this kind of support. Mm -hmm. um, and tell me more about this somatic experiencing, that, um, which is the practice that you do, because it's probably something that um, my listeners have never heard of. So, yeah. yeah, how do you explain that? What actually is it? So somatic experiencing um, is a mind-body approach that um, was born out of the US, like many different approaches, um, which focuses on um, trauma at its root, roots, which is really the nervous system, not so much the event and the details of what happened and why, but more about how our nervous system responds to something that feels challenging or threatening. And when there's kind of like an incomplete response where we don't um, uh, sort of completely discharge the hydrant uh, adrenaline um, spike for whatever reason it's often because we don't understand for instance in birth which is always huge no matter how blissful there's often some uh, shaking and trembling that can occur in birth and um, uh, generally it's not well understood that it's actually just the body's way of coming back to balance and so that sort of response can be shut down and if this were to happen you know um, just as an example if somebody um, had a car accident they didn't allow themselves to um, follow through with this response and somebody um, you know, came along to shut it down because they didn't completely understand, then the likelihood of trauma developing is higher in that mm. instance. But um, as well as that, I guess trauma is something that's happened that's too uh, much out of our range. So they say too much, too fast, too soon. So we weren't, you know, able to process it. It's all happened so quickly. 
um, and to suddenly. Um, yeah, so it also depends on how we're operating prior to all of this. So I, I do say it's not just what happens in birth, it's how we enter birth because any kind of cumulative um, uh, stress and old trauma, unresolved trauma can um, also play out in birth itself. Um, so, yeah, it, it just basically shrinks our capacity for dealing with more. Mm. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, that's it nutshell but there's there's many more aspects to it sorry just to cut you off briefly it's um about you know addressing things at the body level but then also helping um the mind helping the person integrate all of that information and move forward from that point because there's a lot to understand around trauma actually in our stress physiology there's often a lot of stigma around not um feeling like we've got it all together and are coping um, a, a lot of um, stigma also around this um, uh, label of mental health disorder which I don't actually like yeah. and I think it's it's probably slightly inaccurate when we're talking about trauma because it is a normal response to just an overwhelming situation mm -hmm. doesn't have to be um, uh, you know, a, a really difficult birth or um, a cesarean or any of those things. Although, of course, uh, the likelihood of um, uh, an instrumental birth, for instance, will um, will uh, produce trauma is higher than um, than not. But um, you know, it, it's a very much an individual thing. So, what feels safe for for me, may not feel safe for you in birth, and that's the bottom line, the um, lack of feeling safety and in control. Yeah, I think that's really important, isn't it? I remember when I was in my very first birthing class, pregnant with my first baby, and there was a woman there who's since become a very good friend of mine and neighbour and colleague, but she, mm -hmm. um, she at the time was standing up. She was the only second-time mum in the room, and she mm -hmm. stood and told her birth story and her baby came really fast. It was, you know, just in a few hours. And, and we were all like, oh, wow, that's great. We hope we have quick births. And she was like, no, it was actually really scary. It felt really out of control for me and I wasn't ready yeah. and I couldn't process it. And, you know, so you can't ever assume from the outside what that experience is like for the, for the woman who is inside that experience. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I also just love what you say too about how we kind of need to resolve this trauma in our bodies because, you know, you were saying that we bring into birth and pregnancy a lot of baggage already, don't we? But then if we can release that, we can enter motherhood in a, in a new way. But if we don't, we can just pile on more baggage and more baggage and makes it very difficult for us to be the mums that, that we want to be. Mm, absolutely, yes. And, and I think too... Um, Julia, you know, birth is such a huge um, opening on so many levels, yes. not just the obvious physical, but emotionally too, um, psychologically, energetically. Um, sometimes, uh, you know, I, I, more often than not, actually, I notice that um, some uh, childhood uh, attachment issues can crop up in that space yes. because... Um, Again, you know, it might not have been resolved and this a sort of um, primal space where the lid is taken off, all these 
um, mm. feelings and sensations that are held together in normal life um, come come pouring out or spewing out like a volcano. And, and so it's very bewildering for couples, you know, going through this. Um, mm. Some of the mamas I've worked with, they don't recognise themselves. Um, they, they feel anger from from out of nowhere and they really don't understand it. And this is even if they're not traumatised, but when they're traumatised, I think um, there's, um, you know, the ad added piece of just not being able to understand emotions and sensations and their bodies full stop and so sometimes... I find that particularly with so many women that not being able to recognise sensations in their body, I feel like that's mm -hmm. so common... I think because we've been conditioned throughout our lives to, you know, women are taught not to listen to their hunger, not to listen to their need for sleep, you know, so many things that always put their own needs first and often they've spent their whole lives suppressing these physical urges, you know. Yeah, um, yeah and that's the same for the healing too, the need to cry and the need to, to shake and, yeah. All mm, of those mm, mm, mm. Yes, they, yes. They can't even feel it anymore. They don't even know it's happening to, to respond to it, yeah. Um, but the other thing is, uh, you know, trauma is uh, all about disconnection from ourselves because um, mm. the body becomes a war zone. It doesn't feel even safe to be in it. So there's that tendency to to escape from the body or that might even be the, uh, the trauma response, the freeze response, when we sort of go into a numbed out, um, spaced out um, mm. state and it can be difficult to come back. And all of this is um, on a continuum. So it's not, you know, one thing or the other, but there'll, there'll be shades of it in each person. And, and if you've had a sleepless night um, for whatever reason, for usually because you're up to um, a little baby. But on top of that, if your nervous system is so unsettled, it can be hard to sleep when you do have the opportunity. So all of these things can can pile one on top of the other and create quite a difficult situation for young mums or yeah. mums of young babies, I should say. Yeah. Is this podcast making you wonder if becoming a postpartum professional is right for you? Download our free guide at newbornmothers.com. You'll learn what qualifications and training you need, what sort of hours you'll work, what to wear, and most importantly, how to actually make a living because it's not feminism if women don't get paid. Visit newbornmothers.com and enter your email to get the free guide. So I'm interested, how did you come to this world? Did you discover birth and, and your calling in that area first or the somatic, somatic experiencing, um, you know, was that what then drew you into the birth stuff? Uh, quite quite a uh, roundabout way, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I, I actually worked as a speech pathologist for 30 years before I realised it really wasn't my passion <laughs> and I wanted to work holistically. I sort of had a foot in both camps. I worked as a body worker counsellor for many years and had always been very um, drawn to um, pregnant women and babies right from the you know, word go in my young life. And uh, so it kind of came full circle through other uh, approaches. I did some some um, 
kind of women's embodiment practice, which opened the door to birth because that practice was so geared um, towards uh, preparing women for birth or, um, yeah, um, particularly for birth, but also for the postpartum. And um, as I was working as the body workers, I was seeing more and more pregnant women too and um, saw trauma playing out there. And the practice that I taught, this embodiment practice, um, kind of opened the door to birth as well as to trauma because in that space we were also seeing trauma crop up in, in that um, sort of, it was like a yoga class but not quite yoga, um, quite a unique sort of um, practice. And through that my interest in both of those areas peaked. I got into birth and then um, realised that, the rates of birth trauma that I was seeing were actually a lot higher than mm -hmm. I had originally thought. And mm -hmm. as well as that, I think any kind of um, approach that looks at our own um, history, you know, that wounded healer stuff, because I, I struggled with um, postnatal anxiety with my second baby and realised while I was studying trauma that it was actually um, secondary to uh, um, the uh, my first anaesthetic experience that I'd had just prior oh, to wow. conceiving my baby. Yeah, so that had lasted quite a while and mm. it was quite a journey for me. And I really, as I started becoming a birth educator, wanted to shield all these mums and, and find other ways to, you know, give them choices to mitigate the the potential for this happening and understanding that the, it, there's no shame in feeling vulnerable and asking for support and um, you, looking after their needs because if they don't, um, no one in the family is going to be okay. Yes, um, I think that's a really important message, isn't it? Mums sometimes feel selfish looking after themselves, but you're yeah. absolutely right. It's not just themselves, isn't it? They're like the the heart and soul of the family, so it, it affects mm. everyone. Yes, yeah. So tell me a little bit more. You mentioned then mitigating the chances of, of having these kinds of traumatic experiences. What can couples actually do about that? Yeah, I think it's really important that they're very honest about how they're feeling because when they... Um, pretend or you know not not able to I suppose it's not so much um, um, that they're not willing to it's sometimes that they're just not ready to um, go deeper into how they're mm. feeling because as you were um, alluding to before we tend to live from our necks up don't we <laughs> in, in our yeah. current realities and we're very um, kind of disconnected from our bodies and our feelings and that's the way of the world typically but when we're having to be raw and real in birth there is no room to hide really and so uh, for both um, the birthing couple to look at what their own triggers have been how much um, unresolved trauma. I mean, for instance, I had a mum come to me postnatally who'd had uh, what seemed like an okay birth, but then when we delved a little further, she'd had two or three car accidents and quite a lot of childhood trauma that had just not been touched in any way. And so that was what was showing up when we started to work together, less so the actual birth. But 
it was mm. completely debilitating her in that space. She couldn't bond with her baby because all of these other things, a little bit like grief when you kind of push it aside and then, you know, have to meet, meet grief again. Same with trauma. It does come, um, you know, with, with a bit more vengeance. Um, and, yeah, so that, that notion of what we <laughs> resist does persist and it certainly plays out in birth and trauma. Um, yeah, so um, I'm trying to <laughs> recall your initial question. That's all right. We were yeah. just talking about what we can do to reduce the risk of yes. like, so, having yes. those experiences. Yes, so the first thing is really being honest about, you know, having any prior trauma and mm. also anxiety and depression have been uh, big um, risk factors for um, birth trauma. And uh, then looking at ways to ask for needs to be met. And, I mean, of course, I'm biased, but the, these stats completely um, back this up, that having a doula, if you're fearful, if you're not feeling... Um, you know, so sure about the birth. Um, yeah, it, it's money well spent to me. A lot of people might think it's better to spend the money on a private obstetrician, but I would beg to differ if they're um, particularly anxious. I think um, a good doula who's able to um, hold space for all of that is well worth um, the investment um, for the whole family. Um, mm. And then postnatally, if there has been any um, kind of known challenge in birth to have the opportunity, actually not even with a known challenge, I think every birth needs um, some kind of opportunity to uh, for the person to um, debrief or just have a chat where they can be um, in touch with their feelings and kind of have this um, stream of consciousness riff and just say how it is and how they're feeling without any um, fear of judgment, just to get it out there. And if there's no one that's um, able to hold that space reliably, may not be the partner because the partner may have been in the same situation and so, you know, partners can feed off each other. It's better to have someone that's a bit more neutral. Um, yes. And I suggest they actually just record their voice on their smartphone or anywhere else or just speak aloud what's um, happening for them. And if, um, um, you know, they're feeling that these um, uh, symptoms start to develop and persist and they develop over time, it doesn't necessarily happen, you know, um, just overnight. But the longer they persist um, without any... Um, it's sort of even recognition that it might be trauma. I think the more entrenched these symptoms can become because there's a lot mm. of um, shame and isolation and, um, uh, you know, people go around in loops when there's trauma. There, there is no getting off the loop. And so they just need some kind of way to find that relief and have that. Um, attuned, compassionate person who understands birth and understands trauma to support them through that, you know, tricky bit and come out hopefully the other end sooner rather than later if they keep putting their own needs aside um, yes. you know, months for no, months. I love, 
and years actually not just months sometimes years yeah absolutely I think just to summarize that's really good but so the first one was to be honest and the second mm. one was to choose the right care provider including a, a doula and then mm. the third one was to to tell your story um, and I love your idea of just speaking to your phone. I did see a study recently, I think actually it was shared in the graduate group, the collective graduate group, and um, it was a study of women who did video diaries of their breastfeeding journey and it was really, really useful for their mental health. And I thought how fantastic that it just shows the power of listening, like you don't really want someone to judge you and give you advice and sometimes talking to some people can actually make you feel worse but you know and you're just writing it in your journal or telling doing an audio on your on a phone or a video yeah, yeah. a great way to just get it all out I think that's just focusing on more the feelings um, and expressing them but um, there is a tendency to for people to um, tell their story over and over again to um, you know strangers to people they know um, and I'm not very pro having a birth circle where there's a whole lot of people who have experienced trauma because, um, yes. once again, they do feed off each other and yes. um, it's, it's um, sort of like re reliving the trauma. So it's not actually getting out of that loop that they may be stuck in. Mm. Um, so that's where this different approach, which is addressing more the symptoms at the nervous system level um, find that escape route from from the repeating story from the stuck record um, you know as people try to make sense and we are meaning making creatures we do want to make sense and know that there's been a beginning and a middle and an end to what happened but um, not necessarily um, uh, doing it with random people I think um, probably yes. if there's a sign that there's trauma to seek some professional help sooner rather than later. And my bias, as you've heard, is to mm -hmm. um, have a, a mind-body approach, not just uh, one that focuses on talk therapy and not um, look at, you know, what's happening in the body at all. Yes, I totally, I totally agree. I think it, you, you actually can't ignore the body when you've had a baby. Like it's at other times in your life, you might be able to kind of ignore that side of things. But when you've had a baby, it is such a physical experience, isn't it? It's impossible to, to actually pretend there's nothing happening <laughs> in your mm. body. Um, yeah. So you, you just mentioned like if people think they might be experiencing Trauma, but how do they know? Um, you mentioned you have a quiz, so can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, um, because trauma symptoms of trauma are often not recognised. Um, you know, they can be confused with postnatal anxiety and postnatal de depression, particularly. I decided to put together a, a list of questions um, to sort of um, sort out whether it might be. Um, trauma versus you know other sort of issues and there are certain things that keep cropping up over and over again in trauma so I put those questions together I thought I need to share this somehow and what better way than just you know have people visit my website and just click on um, the link there and uh, then take themselves through the quiz if they are unsure that they might be experiencing trauma mm. and of course this is not um, a validated sort of um, 
uh, questionnaire, uh, but it's just a little guide to the possibility. And what I do do with um, anyone who's a, a bit unsure is offer a free 20-minute consult uh, with no obligation at all to work with me, but just to get some clarity around what they're experiencing and that might be you know the birthing mother father anyone that's been involved and also birth workers um, who often put their needs last <laughs> as well um, so just an opportunity to um, debrief and get clarity about what's going on for them yeah so that's available on my yeah. website yeah. That's great. And the website is feminineinstincts.com.au and we'll make sure that that link goes up in the show notes. Do you have anything else you want to add, Nisha? I, I feel like we covered a lot, but if there's anything we've missed, let me know. Yeah, I think just just um, um, for all the mamas and papas out there to know that it's um, really courageous to um, express your vulnerability and to reach out for support when they need it and um you know just to kind of be a step ahead of our cultural conditioning and um remember that it really is for the whole family and their whole future and that stitch in time does save nine um if they're thinking that it might be out of their reach financially time-wise energy-wise just remembering that really it is um, um something they can't um, avoid if they want uh, their family to experience well-being all around. Mm. So, um, put that out there. Yeah, excellent. Thank you so much. I'm so happy we finally got to have you on the show after all these years. And, yeah, it's, it's really been very interesting for me to learn more about your work. And, and I, I recommend everyone does go we'll leave all the links below. But if you're interested in learning more, you can go and check out the quiz and maybe book in a little free session with Nisha. Thank you, Julia. Thank you so much. Thank you. See you next time. Here at Newborn Mothers, we believe that every family has the right to high quality postpartum care. If you want to join us, learn more at newbornmothers.com. And if you like this podcast, we'd really love you to leave us a five-star review and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.